All right, wherever you are in the cosmos, we are live. Welcome back to Dan's Game Room, and tonight I am here with Clavine. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Thanks for coming on. We are here mainly to talk about PC gaming tonight, and uh, very kind of a small niche thing. There's like two or three PC gamers <laughs> out there in the world, and I think only, what, seven or eight games? Yeah, probably. Uh, but we're here to delve deep into them all. <laughs> um, actually, this is an episode that's been kind of a long time in the making. Um, Clavine, you are almost exclusively a PC gamer, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Almost since the beginning, realistically okay. speaking. Yeah, and I, I've definitely been playing PC games for quite a while, um, but I've always been more of a console gamer, so it's, it's good to have someone on that's a little bit different perspective. Um, so I guess let's start out. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Anything, anything new, exciting? or uh, In terms of new games, not really anything particular. I've been playing a whole lot of WoW Classic. <laughs> Just oh, okay. a, whole, a whole lot of WoW Classic. Um, okay. But otherwise, I really haven't been playing too much other than that. A little bit of League of Legends, just kind of de-rusting because the new season came out. But mm -hmm. all of my energy has been expunged into WoW Classic, WoW Classic. unfortunately. So tell me, I've, I'm obviously familiar with WoW, and I've even dabbled into it. I've done many free trials over the years. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, right. I'm not really one for online gaming, like as far as MMOs go, right. because I, I have gamer ADD. You know, and I can't really focus. But as far as WoW Classic, what's, what is the distinction between the World of Warcraft that is going on right now? And In terms WoW. of, like, Classic versus Retail? Yeah. Or just, yeah. Well, Retail is obviously just current expansion stuff, current raids and stuff like that. WoW Classic is essentially just vanilla. Oh, really? It's just you're essentially playing uh, vanilla emulated on the Legion engine. Oh, my God. So okay. we're essentially playing on patch 1.13. Technically, it's like essentially like a pre-patch with some polishing uh like the burning crusade pre-patch essentially of 1.12 okay so we're essentially playing like the version of vanilla before bc came out and is that just to to get that foundation experience or is there other perk like have they would it be any different than if i had an original like wow disc and i just put it in and oh, install no, it's it and like it's, you'd, you'd have to like it's not like that where you can like reinstall vanilla World of Warcraft. Okay. It's like a, See again, I, this is, where <laughs> no, my, this is my ignorance, but I just yeah. <laughs> but essentially, it's just vanilla pre-patch. They've divided up all the content into phases. So, with does it have quality of life enhancements uh, for modern uh, WoW? Well, almost. I mean, in terms of how smoothly the game runs, probably. Okay. But yeah. It, resolutions. It, it or... Resolution. You can have like you know whatever resolution that you need to have and stuff like that. But okay. Uh, realistically speaking, it's just. The quality of life changes really aren't that relevant because it is a vanilla experience for the most part. Okay. But it's not too crazy. I've just spent way too much time. <laughs> My guilt's pretty serious, so. Yeah, don't you? I think before you mentioned you you have like you guys have like Monday Tuesdays. Oh do. yeah, like I'm like you were asking me when I was free for this podcast. I'm like yeah, like any night except for these nights because I raid. <laughs> Hell yeah, because <laughs> I, like, awesome, I didn't though. know what day it was gonna be, so I was like yeah, like I. We raid. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. See, but that's that's cool, though. And I, I really enjoy the idea of MMOs for that reason, because you have a group of homies and you're just like, you better be there. I yeah. need my tank. I need yeah, my yeah. healer. It's a whatever. little different in vanilla because it is 40 men. So, oh, 40. Yeah, okay. 40 people. <laughs> and also our guild has three raid groups. We have two weekday raid groups and a weekend raid group. So we essentially have like 120 raiders oh my god it were, okay. i don't know it, it was really funny because i joined the guild through like a friend of a friend it's like yeah we got like a group of 20 people together we'll grow it and see where it goes and then next thing you know it's like we kill ragnaros the second lockout of the game we've been farming it for like six months we i mean we were like really competitive we're like a top 10 horde u.s guild top 25 like u.s guild period hell yeah <laughs> see that's and that's awesome to hear because i mean i'm over here like I have been playing Donkey Kong Country 2. Like, <laughs> like D DK Country 2 has just been my jam lately, and just all alone with my Super Nintendo, you know? Right. But then, you know, 40-man raid. I'm in a whatever. Discord with 40 people, or 80 people on a raid night, split into two different channels, and it's just like That's chaos. wild. That's wild. But, well, cool, man. I Yeah, I but yeah, D Donkey Kong Country, that's what I've been playing a lot of. I, uh, I beat Uncharted 2, so I also started Uncharted 3, because when you collect games you really have good intentions to play. And I've talked about this on the show before, yeah, but about it before. it's just like good intentions that never pan out. So I've got like it, the opposite of a gaming ADD. It's like, I typically just like focus. It, it, I'm typically like the person that just 
I don't own a lot of games. I own a few games, but I just put hundreds, thousands of hours into those, like, you know, few games. More of a honed experience. And that's, in some ways, I think almost a better way to be. I mean, I'll never be able to be like that, but just to be able to really know a game really well and be able to put the time in, um, I guess that can be said if you're trying to either like speed run games too, or just really be a pro at a certain game. Like I've been putting at least like 30 minutes to an hour every day into my Pac-Man arcade machine. Like I just, I just got one, um, from a local arcade bar here, analog shout out. Um, but (laughs) name drop, uh, name drop (laughs) all you guys listening out there, all eight of you. Uh, but, um, it's, it's really cool to just hone your skills in a certain game over and over. Right. And, you know, my uh, fiance was like, God, don't you get tired of like the, just that same repetitive music, the same stuff over and over and over. I'm like, that's gotta be my score. I mean, <laughs> I just gotta get good at the game. Yeah, I just gotta get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as PC gaming goes, um, what, how, how long ago did you kind of start getting into computer gaming? Do you remember your first operating systems? Um, cause for, for people, I guess that don't really do much PC gaming, this is almost an intimidating category for a lot of people. Right. And I think that's why certain people go more for console gaming if they've, if they want to just pick up something and go, because when you get into PC gaming on a computer, you have, you know, is it, you know, early like eighties, nineties stuff? Is it run on DOS? Are you doing early versions of windows? Did you have an XP machine growing up? Or are you just wanting to, you know, get steam and play as many games as you can right. on a windows 10 PC, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of overwhelming, but I think if you break computer gaming down into a few categories, it gets a lot easier. Right. But what about for you? What, uh, I guess for me beginning, um, I can't remember when it was exactly, but my first computer was a Gateway 2000 that my oh. dad bought with, like, Windows 95 on it. Yes. And it was probably in 1995 or 96 <laughs> or something along those lines. So I remember playing, like, the skiing game where you got to, like, ski down the mountain and, like, oh. avoid the Yeti. It's, like, some super old, like, you know, just, like, Flash game probably or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of games. I think I remember having, like, Interstate 76 Okay. Um, that, ooh. Okay. That's like a real old school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Interstate seventy six. I had like a a Microsoft like um like jet simulator game that I had like okay. some giant joystick that would like literally shake the entire house with like just go 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 like Jesus. Just, yeah, those were intense. Because in that was like yeah. that was back then where it's just like oh like the difficulty is just how hard it is to move the joystick rather than just like you know the physics engine of how the airplane works rather you know yeah. it really wasn't that you know well developed. Yeah, they have a dashboard of all these buttons, and you're like, well, this joystick sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's a fucking Mad Cats with eight batteries. Yeah, right, you know? right. So. Yeah, but that's pretty much where I started, to be honest. I was probably like six, seven years old. I brought, I, we talked a little bit before the podcast, but I had Dungeon Keeper Gold was like the first real game that I had, to and be it's, honest. And it's so cool, by the way. The I boxes, said, like, the, the <laughs> big box PC games, which is just, they're just dead now. I mean, yeah. you're lucky these days to get. A, uh, like if you go to the store, like if you go to Best Buy or Walmart and try to get a PC game that's not like a 501 game set, you know, or yeah. whatever. If you try to get like a retail release, it's gonna be a Steam code. Yeah, it's you gonna know be a Steam mean? code. Whereas back in the day, like when we were, because st- I started in the late 90s, early 2000s as well. Um, actually, so a few years after you, but um, when you get a game. It's got the full color manual. It's just like with console games too. Right. Like you get the full color manual. You might get um, extras. Like I just uh, sold a game that was for an Apple II computer, and it had uh, a 3D uh, comic in it. It had glasses. It had a metal a metal <laughs> coin. It had like a clue book and right. all this stuff. A scratch and sniff card. It's just like Jesus, yeah, you know. I mean, I think that was like part of the appeal back then too, because there probably wasn't a lot of incentive to be a PC gamer in like the 90s if you were young to be honest so it was probably more of like an adult thing to just like oh like look at all this fun weird knickknack stuff it comes with rather than just like it was like more than just like buying a game it was like a game plus like an experience or like a collector's an, an inside, piece an, yeah a collector's piece you know it's because yeah. i feel like back then it's like buying a computer that you know as a game that requires a 90 megahertz processor <laughs> and how many megabytes of ram did it require uh, for dungeon Keeper? 16 yeah megabytes. a whopping 16 megabits of ram um whereas now i mean people have what like six eight gigs yeah. 10 gigs in there of, of ram in their computer right so it's just like times have changed that's, that's where it kind of started for me was just like 
kind of just playing games like this. Had a little bit of console gaming as well, so I really wasn't like too PC focused when I was that young, but mm-hmm. kind of just intermittent PC gaming over the years until probably middle school when I kind of upgraded to XP. Yeah, the XP days. <laughs> yeah, I, I too, the first uh, computer I ever had, um, it was like in 2000, but it was a very old Macintosh Performa, which I don't know if you guys have ever. It's it's basically a Mac from the dark ages when um, Steve Jobs left the company, so they really went to shit. I mean, it was it was a poor computer, and um, it was interesting because I couldn't get on the internet with it. And there were some cool games on there, but mostly they were edutainment games that were just masquerading as normal games. Like right. they were trying to teach me something like Mario teaches typing or there was like a, like I, I think the most advanced game I had was uh, Monopoly. Oh. So that Did you was... ever play a putt-putt? Do you remember like the – it was like this educational game where it's like a purple car. Oh, me I don't think there so. There was I don't like a series I... that I used to play as a kid, but it was just like putt, it was putt. it was just like some like puzzle based like, oh like find the weird you know, solve the clues and find the things and like, you know, essentially just like Was it a point and click? Uh yeah, it was like a point and click side scrolling type of game. Okay. But it was just like one of those kind of, you know, get your kids into education on the computer type of game, you know? And that's what I felt like all my games were on that <laughs> computer. Though actually there is a game that I don't expect, I hope nobody remembers, but I liked it at the time. It was called Wacky Jacks, and it was like a game show where you uh, you could like match up things on the computer or you could learn about different things. And it was an edutainment game, honestly, but it was voiced by the guy who hosted, like the was the voice of Saturday Night Live, Don Pardo. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was just like a really, it was a shitty game, but it was it <laughs> I was. I think good. that was back when like cameos for games were just like, we got... You know, I don't know. Yeah, Bruce Some, Willis is here. Bruce Willis, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> Die hard. hey, guys, and I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was, like the, like a, he, a chunk of their budget was spent on, like, you know, him yeah, in the audio it, studio. It like, could have been <laughs> any guy, but it's like, we got Chris Tucker here and Jackie Chan, and they're going to tell you some stuff. Um, but my first real computer experience, oddly enough, was also on a gateway over at my buddy uh, Aaron's house, who's been on the show, and then also at Ty's house, who has been on the show. Um, and that is the first time. I ever saw Diablo 2 be played and that changed the way I looked at games because before that it was a Game Boy Color and a PS1 for me and then all these shitty you know entertainment like education games but Diablo 2 was the first time I ever saw a game on a computer and I was like this is really advanced like you know look at that high resolution 800 by 600 you know so many pixels yeah and just like very mature i had never seen a mature game before and this had like exploding goblins and their guts were everywhere and all this stuff and like i was like oh my god i can't tell my parents i'm playing this advanced game and all this but but that kind of opened my opened my eyes to what computer gaming could be yeah did you ever play diablo at all? Uh, i played a little bit of the original diablo okay and like a little bit of that was like you know in terms of, like, comparison of, like, one versus two, it's, like, you know, kind of, like, the clunky first trial versus, like, let's see what happens when we just go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just off, crank it up a notch and see what we can do. Yeah. Off the rails. Because, like, I, I do enjoy Diablo, like, the first one, but it is very... Oh, that's my dog, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> he's getting antsy. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely a thing, like, with with Diablo in general, Um you can tell the big difference in quality. I think not because the game's bad, but just the the level of polish and the level of money they had for Diablo 2. Because I don't know if you remember, but when you're playing Diablo 1, you're basically just going from Tristram, like the main town area, down into this dungeon. Yeah, you're just going and, layers deep until you beat the game, yeah. essentially. And I, I never owned it on PC until recently because it came out on GOG, which we'll get to in a little bit. But... Um, I did own it on PS1, which I thought was very advanced at the time, but it was way scaled down, <laughs> right, obviously. Right. But it did have a like a fast mode, a run mode, they called it, because you can play two players, which is really cool. But instead of the really slow, kind of awkward, jilted movement, it just basically sped the game clock up and you just went faster, which was really weird. Like It, it just sped the game up, but it also made it a lot harder because all the enemies were that much faster and just better than you. So it was, it was, I never had a great experience with Diablo one until recently, but Diablo two was definitely my big kind of 
PC breakthrough as far as like this is a real gaming machine. What about you? Like what what else did you play kind of back in that era? Uh, in terms of PC, I mean, a little bit of Diablo. I can't remember when I started playing like the first Starcraft, but I played Ooh, a little okay. bit of the first Starcraft. I know I remember playing a lot of Warcraft three, but I think that was probably like a couple years after the fact of mm-hmm. Diablo two. But yeah, I was kind of in that area where it was like kind of mixed between console and PC gaming, so it wasn't like a full PC effort until later. But right, God, Warcraft three is Reforged is coming out, or it's like almost out. It yeah, might be out right it, now. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't paid attention to the right. release date. I know that I have friends that I think it's beta or maybe it might be like. I think I think it's beta or very close yeah. to pre-release. I think it's like it might be out like this month or next. I, I, I yeah. haven't been paying attention, unfortunately, because I haven't been that hyped about it personally. But Really? Yeah. I, I only know that it's not out yet because one of my buddies, Ty, just uh, messaged me today and he's like, you're getting Warcraft Free Forge, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm like, you're damn right I am. Um, but basically uh for anyone who's never played warcraft or diablo they're all developed by blizzard and we kind of covered this in another podcast episode but blizzard is a classic games developer that's still around today they also do world of warcraft and many other titles starcraft yeah very popular um didn't they do uh did they do hearthstone yeah hearthstone, okay yeah Overwatch. yeah so it's like if you've played you know a lot of competitive gaming you probably played some kind of blizzard title but warcraft is very different from uh, World of Warcraft. It's similar lore, similar creatures, similar kind of universe, but it's a much different game. And wouldn't you say there are they? I've never honestly played the main Warcraft three story though. It's always been about the mods. Did you ever play any mods on Warcraft? Um, like the custom games. Like, yeah, yeah. I played like a tower couple. defense. And... I, I played um like there was like this one where it's just like essentially it was like a giant tiled map, and there would be like twelve players. And each player would get, like, one type of unit, and you would just essentially have to, like, chip away at, like, monsters in the middle. Hmm. So it was, like, this weird kind of, like, multiple people versus, like, AI type of uh, game. I don't really really remember what it was called, but... Okay, that kind of reminds me of, like, a like a line tower defense almost it, it, it wasn't quite like tower defense it was just kind of like unit defense in a sense okay. it's just like you just had units and you had to defend against like massive amounts of you know ai or something it was kind of weird that's they funny. had a bunch of different game modes i mean that's funny because i i played the story for warcraft 2 but i never really got into the story of warcraft 3 because over at uh because ty had a kind of a battle station at his parents house and they had like these four you know, CRT monitored computers, all gateway towers probably <laughs> lined up. And uh, we would just play all these custom like line tower defense or these different maze games. Or there was this variant called Dawn of the Dead um, that is basically it's like a, just a shooter zombie survival in the Warcraft engine. So that game, I'm really curious with the with the reforged if it's going to be the same potential or if it's just a, a remaster of the bare bones game. i think i have some friends who have played it i have a discord that i have some friends on that i know that they play it and i think i've like seen them play like custom games like they've streamed it where mm. they were just like doing custom stuff so i'm assuming it's probably the same you're essentially just it's probably just the same game just it's just looks 2020 you looks know? nice it's just, yeah you know, it's just a sexy nice. coat of paint or whatever right, yeah right. but yeah that so that it seems like a lot of my early pc experiences were were blizzard um did you ever mess with older kind of pc hardware at all like um dos or not really i it was mainly just like pc stuff i mean some of the games like dungeon keeper you have to run on the dos box if you want to play it today oh today really okay i guess that makes sense because it was a a lot of those older games that you you know if you wanted to play them right now you'd have to probably just dos box it or have a super old computer laying around that you're just like this is the Diablo one machine. You know, yeah. The, the old rig. <laughs> I, it's, it's really funny how often I'll see that on like Reddit or just YouTube even. Cause I watch a lot of different gamer shows and they're like, like LGR different guys. And they're like, yeah, I got my, uh, my rig so I can run crisis, man. And then, <laughs> and then you got your old rig so you can run, you know, Oregon trail or yeah, yeah, Ultima like- or any, anything like that. Um, but it's, it's really cool with the advent of these kind of, modern um distribution services like with with steam or gog that you can really play any era of gaming that you like as long as it's on there do you mess with those are you mainly a steam guy or do you ever mess with either Uh, of them or it's kind of just like i 
I guess I should say just primarily Steam, but I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm a Steam fanboy. It's just like, no, that's where, that's where all the games are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, that's it's the, not like that's where the fucking game. That's the fucking game. Yeah, it, it's not even really like that. It's just like no, that they, they just really have like a huge market share of mm-hmm. you know where everything's at. I mean, yeah. I guess it, for like one example would be like um, one of the more recent Call of Duties. Uh, I think it was Black Ops Four and Beyond, Black Ops Four, and then the Modern Warfare. It's like Activision Blizzard owns it. So now it's like if you want to get the Call of Duty games, you have to get it through the Blizzard app rather than Steam. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was like a weird step because usually if you wanted to get like most games would just, regardless of the company, it would just, like, be on Steam, but... Yeah. It, I think even, like, I'm not too familiar with, like, the Assassin's Creed series and a lot of the EA stuff, but I think EA has Origin. Its own. Yeah, Origin. It's just, like... <sighs> God. Or, it's, like, who cares if my computer has, you know, 32 gigs of RAM? It's just, like, Origin! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's almost the problem. If you look at, and this is just my opinion, but if you look at Steam, like, Netflix... Right. And then you look at all these other services. It's like today, you know, CBS has their own app. Um, right. Uh, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hulu. All this. God damn it. You know, it's like you. There was this uh, meme I saw. It was beautiful. And you know how, uh, like, are you a Star Wars guy? Not really. Okay. Never mind. Well, there's this. <laughs> Buzz like, uh, <laughs> like when uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is yelling at Anakin Skywalker in the third movie, and he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. you were the chosen one. Uh, you yeah, were supposed yeah. to defeat the Sith, not join them, yeah, right, or right. whatever. I saw it, and it's like, you were supposed to, you know, defeat Cable, not join it. And it yeah, shows, right. like, a list of 10 streaming services, and it's, like, 100-something a month. And it's yeah, like, it's well, like, fuck, let me just call Mediacom <laughs> and just, you know, put yeah, the shackles put, back on. Right, right. <laughs> it's pretty funny how that's kind of the route that gaming has gone for the most part. I did experience it a little bit, like, kind of, I guess it would be um, in that middle school, high school, where it's, like, kind of the Newgrounds era of just, like, online Flash games and kind of transitioning to, like, the free-to-play games. I don't know if you ever heard anything about, like, uh, Gunbound was a game that I used to play a lot. Essentially, it was, like, this worm-style game where you would just, like, have a different type of unit and you'd, like, shoot it across the map Uh and just try to, like, you know, deal damage to your opponent and stuff like that. A lot of those kind of, like, free-to-play, online, download-for-free type Mm -hmm. of games. And I think that was kind of, like, probably the start of just, like, online-hosted, you know. Line Rider? Did you ever play Line Rider? Uh, I, I know of Line Rider, but I've never played it. But. Yeah, it's long story short. Uh, I mean, go look up Line Rider, people. Just take my word yeah. for it. But you're <laughs> you're you're like a kid on a sled. Yeah, and you just go and around. you draw. Yeah, you draw you, the map. You draw yeah. the map, and you can just if you look on YouTube still, and you you're, if you typed in like you know crazy Line Rider maps or whatever, like people went nuts. Like yeah, I people had went a, nuts. I had that. a buddy Matt that just would. He's still alive. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> never forget. Uh, and I had a buddy Matt who would just make these insane loops and you can gain speed and do all this right, stuff right. but those types of flash experiences were a big deal for people yeah. like because it was like essentially i guess the step forward to like free entertainment you know mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh i gotta go to the store and i gotta buy a box yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta buy like a cereal box that has a you know <laughs> a small like a, a pamphlet disc, a a flamb- yeah right yeah. <laughs> um it kind of it's almost like the Flash games of the mid-2000s were almost like the shareware DOS stuff of the 90s. Yeah, probably. The early 90s. I mean, again, like, I didn't really get into that time, and you didn't either, but, like, just at at that moment, it was even more open, though, because someone's like, yeah, I'm going to just create this piece of shit really quick. I'm just going to, like, a 10-minute game, but then you play it for hours because it's just addictive. Um, Especially in a time, like I mentioned earlier, um, before the podcast, like, there was this time in the mid to late 2000s that this shooter series came out for people that haven't heard of it, and it's called Crisis. <laughs> and there's just kind of a PC meme in the just the community of you're building your XP machine, right? And you're trying to max everything out, and someone's like, well, can it run Crisis? But can it run Crisis? And then, of course, like, maybe you can squeak into Crisis on very low, uh, yeah. you know? And the problem with, with that game, too, I think, and the reason it was such a benchmark game was because it was very taxing for some reason. Yeah, like I it, think it was just resource-intensive. I don't think it was necessarily, like, a draw, a, a, a jaw-dropping, like, photorealistic game. It was just, like, resource-intensive. Yeah, like, it was, it was a cool-looking game, but for my money, I'd say just go play Halo, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, if you're going to play a shooting series and it's... You know, you want something that's kind of sci-fi or whatever, just play fucking Halo yeah, 3. That was, like, a, a big thing for a long time. It's just, like, can it, it run Crisis, you know? I remember in middle school going over to a friend's house, and his brother was playing a game. 
and it's just like, oh, like it looks like it's running real smooth. What's he got? He's like, oh, he's got liquid cooling, two <laughs> yeah. gigs of RAM. I'm like, man, he's got a gaming rig. Like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned liquid cool. That's the first time I ever like, heard. He's got water in his computer. Yeah, I'm like, what? that's. I'm like, like, does he know no that way. that's gonna fry his machine? Like, is he <laughs> no spill water? Like, Impossible. That was the. I guess that was the first time that I ever heard of anybody building a crazy rig. And, and, and I'm sure it's been going on forever, right? But just right. in the crisis era, I think it was just – I was just the right age. I was like 16, 17. And just hearing people like, you know, maxing a computer out and getting – like today if you got like a 1080 Ti or whatever, you know, or yeah. better cards, I'm sure. But um, just it was interesting to see this not only a PC – um, experience moving to more like digital aspect, uh, more online, but also to this is really far ahead of anything a console could do. Right. And and that's is that kind of what led you to go more towards PC gaming at uh, that time, or was it just more like the multiplayer aspect? It was more the it? multiplayer aspect because I don't know. For me, I don't know what it was, but it was just like I had played console games and stuff like that before. Like I had like the old school Xbox Live, mm-hmm. which you know. Rest in peace. Yes, Xbox never Live, forget. You know, never yeah. forget the hostile lobbies and kids that are five years old <laughs> saying very, uh, you know, rough, inappropriate things, but also they're better than me at the yeah, game. Like, 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 you little shit. Like, <laughs> but for me, it was just like a lot of the multiplayer aspect. Also, PC gaming was just like, it was just uh, kind of the gateway to the online world. It's like, oh, like, hey, I can play video games online. I don't have to, like, coordinate. Hey, do you have this game? No. Oh to my friends you know yeah, so i can't go over yeah. and play the game with a hat you know it's like really hard to coordinate if you know certain friends have certain consoles or they don't have certain games one kid's a pc kid well other yeah. kid's a ps2 kid or a gamecube kid yeah like... gamecube kid and it's just like kind of hard to keep <clears> up with that so it's just like oh like pc gaming's fun and also i just never really had a competitive drive as a kid mm-hmm. like i always kind of sucked at sports and my same i just like really didn't do it. my parents kind of like ah oh, like don't you love baseball it's like no <laughs> i stood in the middle of a few soccer fields yeah <laughs> but for me it's just like i don't know what it was but like online gaming kind of just opened that gateway to just like oh like hey i can beat somebody mm-hmm. i can be better than somebody who cares if they're you know in china or like you or know, whatever some, but some they, bumfuck country randomly out yeah. there no offense to the bumfuck country uh yeah. occupiers out there listening <laughs> course, in but of course because <laughs> they listen everybody listens <laughs> <laughs> but that was just kind of like the main appeal it's just like uh multiplayer online environments you just meet people that i don't know like you just i just met so many different people especially games like guild wars that i started playing in high school and stuff like that i just met so many people that my dad used to always give me shit. It's like, all oh, you do is sit on the computer all day. It's like, I know more people than you do right now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm talking to people in like Florida, Washington, you know, yeah, South Dakota. Legitimate you know, friends. Like legitimate friends. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'm not out in their yard hanging out, but we're like, you know, out in the arena killing yeah. people, just chilling, yeah, you know. Cracking them out and do online. Yeah. And yeah, just playing. Yeah. I, I have, I still to this day um, on my Diablo 2 friends list have just people I have never met or even like heard their voice or whatever, but just legit friends that they just met. Yep. And they've probably, their accounts have probably changed, you know, and you know, they'll never get online again, but every now and then I'm like, whatever happened to big balls three, yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, big noob gamer 69, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like, I wonder how that guy's doing, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you, you just, you develop. And I think that's a, that is a big appeal of, of PC gaming is, you know, back when a, big breakthrough for consoles was like the dreamcast having a modem port on it right you know and there had been online gaming services throughout the 90s but nothing that you could connect with people and chat and hear their voice but and of course the xbox did that too but before xbox live or even into the 2000s i feel there was a much bigger kind of drive for that on pc right and and i could definitely see that that being a driving factor to want to play those games yeah i mean kind of a big reason why i just kind of stuck with pc to be honest because like i just once you meet people and you have people to like it's just like i don't have to worry about like oh well, like so-and-so has a soccer game tonight i can't go over to his <laughs> house and play you know yeah i don't know it's like smash brothers or something yeah it's like well we'll be on hop on when you like, can. yeah hop on man. you know um is that uh is that about the time you started playing guild wars is that yeah, then that's like a mid-2000s mmo correct uh, probably like oh four oh five i can't remember exactly i don't know if it's a oh five it says on it okay but yeah that was probably like my first real mmo i really didn't play wow back in the day i kind of just like played a vanilla private server during vanilla played a bc private server during bc it's just kind of just like experimenting kind of just seeing what the game was about 
Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Guild Wars was like my MMO of choice. It was kind of more of a PvP-oriented MMO rather than WoW, which is like more of a raiding PvE-focused uh, game. Yeah. Did you ever play? Because um, the timing for that kind of reminds me. Did you ever play a uh, Final Fantasy XI? No, uh, I didn't. I I played it briefly, but again, I really sucked at the whole MMO thing, so I didn't get too far. But that kind of reminds me of of a. Uh, Final Fantasy Eleven. I'm sure all the Final Fantasy Eleven and Guild Wars fans are like, "You idiot, <laughs> Daniel! You don't know what the hell you're talking about." But that's the thing about Dan's game room. We're always learning here, yeah. so I, I that's pretty cool. Did you ever play um, RuneScape? I, I did, but it was just one of those things where like I was playing a different game instead of RuneScape uh, called Moo Online. Oh, and okay. it's like this East Asian MMO grinding game that a friend of mine introduced <laughs> to me in like sixth grade. Jesus. And it's just like, I mean, it literally is just like you just level. You're just going around to different maps, killing monsters and leveling. I mean, it almost looks like Diablo, like like the interface of like you open up, you have like a helmet panel, a chest panel, like, a you know, with like the armor just and stuff putting, like that. Yeah. And like the inventory is <clears throat> like little squares. So okay. it's kind of like almost like a Diablo style game online before like, you know, it kind of like a kind of like the more mainstream like poe is today right like okay. poe is like really big today and diablo 3 is really big still mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a early rendition of like online mmo kind of just hack and slash type of game so i really wasn't playing runescape i was playing that instead but okay i just want to i just you know there's so many games from that era where it's just like oh like did you play this no but i was playing this other game that's like it and yeah. it's just like you know it's it's its own kind of i mean and every console every meta has its own thing but with with pc gaming there really was a flood of games like that right and it's like if you for real-time strategy or even like just turn-based rpg or a big one for me was uh disciples 2 um, i don't know if you ever heard of that but it was like a very gothic setting um you could fight with like dragons and um wizards and just paladins and all those things and it's just big kind of a world map and you're taking over towns and stuff but you're just kind of fine i mean i just described you know 30 percent of yeah like i mean it's just like so many different yeah yeah um but i guess to kind of segue into what we mentioned earlier that's what i love about steam or gog and i mean i still hate origin i mean fuck you (laughs) but uh like specifically gog stands for good old games been around for like 10 11 years i think um they specialize for those who don't know in kind of old I mean they have modern games on there it's very affiliated with CD Projekt Red who did The Witcher and they're going to do Cyberpunk 2077 um but they really um specialize in like bringing older games back to life like 80s 90s just DOS box style games that they can make these games that you might have to use 12 floppy disks for um run just emulated on your PC right and it's usually hits the mark pretty close like I've been playing um point and click games like uh indiana jones uh on there which is really cool um but they also will have like warcraft one and two that which won't run on modern computers they'll have diablo one all these games we talked about um and i think that has been a big revelation for a lot of people it's like like we mentioned earlier computer gaming can be kind of overwhelming because you have to have the specs for it you got to know if your computer can handle crisis or not (laughs) and you have to know um just what's compatible but if you as long as you have like a a, you know a machine that can connect to the internet you can probably get most games off of gog right you know what i mean so with with gog i i tend to use that more now um when i want to get a specific experience as far as like older games running on like a modern pc but steam is i think valve really kind of changed the way people consume pc games um because i just i remember seeing like half-life and half-life 2 in stores but then my friends were like we'll just get a get orange box on steam and I'm like, well, what the hell's that? And what the hell is Steam? Right. But it's like now, um, it really is a platform where you can. And I guess for the eight of you out there that don't know what Steam is, I kind of mentioned it earlier. But it's it's just a digital gaming service that you can. It's got it's fully integrated with um, chatting with friends and like a good online community. And there's recommendations and curated lists and things like that. But it's really just a place where many companies today that haven't split off to their own service can still, um, they put a lot of their catalog on there, uh, as kind of a storefront for PC games. Storefront. And then also like indie game developers. It's like, if you're just a small company, it's like, Oh, we just have one game. 
And then if it's a hit on Steam, it's like that kind of can kickstart, you know, Mm -hmm. new companies down the line for like, you know, future game products and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I remember like because and there's always sales like GOG Uh, as well. But there's like Steam. I think that's the the kind of like the competitive edge that Steam has is that they probably have some sort of deal. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we'll work out the financials. But then once you're in our store, it's like we set the pricing for the sales. You know, it's like, who cares if a game came out yesterday? It's Christmas, baby. Like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or they'll be like, or they'll be like, yeah, it's the uh, Wednesday solstice sale here or the Blue Monday sale. Yeah, Yeah. I just saw that on GOG, too. But uh, um, and there'll be like some game that some guy made an rpg maker in like three days and it's yeah. on steam for literally like 19 cents and you're like you're like yeah i think i'm gonna try, i think i'm gonna try that game and i've definitely gotten a few of those games and they're usually bad but they're pretty fun sometimes yeah, i mean i guess that's kind of the the uh the, the compromise right the price the pricing is like you know low enough yeah. to the point where it's just like oh like you know i'll spend two bucks <laughs> yeah yeah like you don't know how many times i'll even go on just like gog and be like yeah um there's just a game like Deus Ex from like the 90s and it's like literally 90 cents today right. so I bought it for 97 cents um, but then again Steam is also I think notorious for um, not only DRM which is where they'll kind of control the the rights to a game and you can't share it with your friends and stuff like that versus GOG where you can just if you buy the game you could log into my account and just download right. it right but the big thing about Steam, excuse me, is they don't have a lot of quality control over some of the really cheap indie stuff. Right. So a lot can just go on the a store. Lot of, a lot of the garbage can kind of go yeah, underneath the filter, can unfortunately. Really, but. Can creep in. I mean, it's and it's it's not to condemn it. It's still worth it for the service. But I will say um, I had a buddy who gifted all of his friends, including me, a game called Shower with Dad. <laughs> and it was just like a dollar flashlight game. <laughs> and it's just like you're just – it's – it's what it is. <laughs> you know, and it's it's like just a mature nothing nothing bad happens, but it's just like this shitty little flash game that you could probably find on Newgrounds yeah. you know, ten years yeah. ago. And you're somebody's just, like, just trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. You know, something yeah. like that. Or or somebody'll just make like a there'll be like all kinds of like um bubble bobble or Tetris ripoffs on there and yeah. it's like, God, how come nobody claims copyright on this stuff but i mean it probably is just one of those things where steam just acknowledges like yep it's just you know we probably have a department that's associated or dedicated towards you know kind of cleaning up the garbage but it's just kind of the nature of the uh nature of the software i guess in a sense nature of the marketplace yeah yeah but it's it's worth it i i will say though i am looking at this uh dungeon keeper gold edition box that you brought (laughs) over today it is kind of sad to see those types of games go and not that any like the, as far as like the big box the presentation, physical yeah, yeah, yeah. presentation it makes it, sense because like i mean even on steam now it's like you can buy a collector's edition of a game or something it's like oh we'll send you a free digital art book or a free digital copy of the soundtrack mp3 or and it's just, yeah. yeah an mp3 and it's just like ah oh, like it's just not quite the same kind of uh consumer experience in a sense right it's like yeah sure you're getting that stuff for free or you know with the bundle or whatever but it's just not the same as like a physical tangible object right mm-hmm. yeah or like it even makes less sense to me like and i'm not a big sports game player unless it's either got mario in it or it's like nba jam or something like that <laughs> like a, a game that doesn't follow the rules of said sport yeah um but i'll see like nba 2k20 and it's the 90 dollar you know edition with the gold coins and you don't even get like yeah art or a soundtrack but right. it's still you get all this in-game currency so it, i think the, the digital special edition is usually kind of kind of strange to well, me. that's kind of like where we fo- kind of like moving forward i guess a little bit is that that's kind of the new era of like pc gaming is like and kind of like gaming in general it's just like mm-hmm. you know microtransactions dlc like, oh, like yeah like hey like if you buy the collector's edition you'll have free access to the dlc when it comes out yeah or if it's already out you know you can get it or it's like you'll get 200 space credits that you yeah. can buy you know a skin with for yeah or you get the, cosmetic or you get the golden king's armor and yeah. it's like it's there are people like you, you and i could sit here and be like well that fucking sucks but there are people who are like well fucking space quest or whatever is my favorite game and i want the i want the tokens you know and they're gonna spend the 90 dollars to do it right right and it's it is interesting and i wonder going forward if if that model will become the de facto norm. And I mean, in some ways it is right now, but like, I wonder if even with Nintendo games, like on the switch, I'm seeing like, 
theirs is more like expansion passes, right. um, like the Legend it's of Zelda. It's not so much like fandom type stuff, where it's just like, oh, I'm crazy. Although I think that is like a, <laughs> I think that is a new market because like if you uh like cyberpunk 77 has like 2077 has like a uh, keanu reeves right yeah yes, and like it does. Uh, if you play fortnite at all you would know that every couple of months there's like they just recently had star wars stuff you could buy like a storm really? skin they had an exclusive like um teaser trailer that you could watch in the game there's like a movie theater in the map on the map of fortnite so you can just like drop and watch like something that's only exclusive in fortnite that's Jesus. like related to like the star wars franchise they had like uh um john wick skins in the game when the john wick 3 movie came out whoa it's like they have like crazy crossovers we're just like yeah like we're just gonna do that now i think there's a real transition of like not only are you like oh like i'm a crazy fan i'm gonna buy you know this dlc but now it's like oh i'm a fan of this movie so series, now i'm, or I'm a I fan to of, check this out so now i have to you know spend you know 100 v bucks or you know whatever you yeah know, to, to see this thing to see this thing or i have to you know invest you know currency to you know experience um and and that's that is that blows my mind because it's like is this like that Fortnite thing is is that going to be more of an advertisement then like yeah, is, i think it's more advertisement i mean there, i think we're just seeing a lot of like you know media crossover and stuff like that where it's just mm-hmm. like you have different it, we're kind of entering like more of like a celebrity cameo stage of kind of like gaming which is kind of weird with with the mainstream appeal like even i'd say even like w- when we started gaming not to sound like an old man, when I started to game, but like when we started gaming, it was like not necessarily an underground thing, but it wasn't something that, you know, usually like your grandpa would play or your dad would be like, oh, I want to play this. You right. know, at least not in my household. Oh, um, in my <laughs> household, my dad did play games with me, so I, well, I had my, a different experience. My dad was like 80. So, oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so like he was very much like, what's this microwave? But uh, it's, <laughs> he, it's, it's now more of just like just the fact that you can have a game – that is like Fortnite is a great example that is not only free to play, but you, you know, it encourages in-game currency to buy skins kind of like League of Legends, right. right? Like where it's a free to play game, but you're paying for the cosmetic stuff, but you're also getting people to pay for an advertisement within that game. Right. And I, it's, it is, I think a natural evolution with any type of entertainment to, you know, it's like even watching previews before movies in the theater or commercials on TV is a perfect example. But it's just like, as an old school gamer, it just feels kind of dirty. Like, you yeah, know, you're like, just like, don't come into my hobby like that. Yeah, like, yeah right. Know? So, and maybe that's why I like Donkey Kong Country too, is <laughs> that right. I'm not going to see a fucking ad for John Wick 3, even though I'm sure it's a great movie. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> um, I guess I just also fear um kind of subscription gaming too like it's really big on like xbox game pass or playstation right now or whatever do you think do you see that becoming more of a thing for gaming i'm not sure well because i think the game pass things are like that's just like you're getting access to content right multiple titles or you're getting access to a selection of games or selection of items yeah for i think that's fine for like i think that's tolerable because it's like maybe you're not someone who wants to buy a bunch of games you just want to spend a little bit of money and maybe have a taste of different things here Mm -hmm. and there i do think the kind of world of warcraft format where it's just like 15 dollars a month for one game Mm -hmm. forever (laughs) yeah I, i don't i think that format's probably it's probably still have some it's probably still has some life left to it but it's just one of those things where it's like people probably aren't as keen to just buy a 60 dollar game yeah. And then pay $15 a month on top of that or, you know, $10 or whatever it might be. Yeah. That, and that honestly is a good point too, because that's kind of what has kept me out of Warcraft, like World of Warcraft or, you know, any of the other MMOs that have popped up over the years, because you buy a game and you feel like you own it. It's a big investment. And I understand the need for servers and upkeep and all that. Like it's a different experience and you're kind of paying to play. Right. But you'd think that once in a while it's like you know what you've been you've been playing world of warcraft for 10 years why don't we bump yours down to eight dollars a month yeah right or but... you know what here's six months free thanks for being loyal to us whereas it's just like i think the closest thing you can do in world of warcraft is can't you get enough in-game currency to buy yeah time there are in the tokens game? that uh i can't remember what expansion they introduced them it might have been warlords of draenor um but essentially they had like tokens that you could buy with in-game gold and then mm-hmm. those tokens would be worth like one month worth of game time. But how many hours do you think you'd have to spend trying to get the in-game stuff? It, to... it really depends. I'm really out of touch because I haven't played retail in a pretty long time. That's fair. That's but, fair. But um, 
I think it just depends on kind of like what you're doing to make gold in the game. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who has a system that you can just, you know, crank out a hundred thousand gold or you know, however much the token might be at a given point, you know, it's probably worth your time. Cause you're going to, if you're going to play the game that much anyway, uh, you're probably getting your money's worth in a sense, right? You know, it's like, right. it's probably worth the time of investment if you're earning that much money to well, play it for free. That. And like we talked, touched on earlier, like with, with people, like be, making friends with these people online and doing raids and stuff. Like, is there voice chat in World of Warcraft? Uh, I think there is, but most people just like, like use just Discord. type or whatever Discord. Yeah, Discord. But it's like if you're, say, you wanted to farm some gold, you could like call me or whatever and be like, "Hey, hop on Discord. Let's farm gold all night." Yeah, and you're you're just hanging out with it's, your friends, yeah, hanging out talking. And it's like, I'm not paying fifteen bucks. Let's do this for two days or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I I get the merit in that regard, um, but just. In general, the uh, the subscription services kind of even and maybe it's because I just am a collector or just when I buy something, I'm kind of old school. and I just want to own it, you know, and not have to worry right. about it. But like with Dungeon Keeper, you can walk into your room and be like, I'm going to put this in. Now, granted, it won't work on your new computer. Right. <laughs> but like theoretically, if you had the means to run it, no one's going to be like, you right. can't fucking play that. So but I think I think that's that's kind of where it's headed. I mean. I think EA, um, not every, I like to hate on them apparently, but they really suck. But EA just with the loot boxes and the microtransactions, I think they kind of paved the way. Um, Well, actually they were the the first loot box. Were were they? Did you not know that? Yeah. EA, EA was actually the first company to implement loot boxes. Okay. And it was for a FIFA game. Oh, like great. way, way oh, back in the day. God. It was like for like, I don't know. I, I don't play FIFA. I'm not really. <laughs> I, like but I just want to clarify for the audience, the five people listening that um, I don't play sports, uh, you know, games at all. But they were like the first ones to implement it. And it was just like cards. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's how they you, you get players. You like earn currency or you earn like something. And it's like it's kind of like okay. a trading card system where you like you get like a card and it's like, you know, this player and they have these stats on it. It's kind of like this weird system. And they were like the first ones to actually do it. So it's kind of funny how like it comes full circle. It's like these bastards. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, see what you've done. See and, what you've done. Well, and that's, and that's wild to me that it's like the, the pay to win type thing. At yeah. least I, I don't mind like the cosmetic stuff like no, Fortnite, right. League of Legends where it's like, yeah, like it looks silly and you know, might be really cool looking and also expensive, but at least it's cosmetic. It's not like, you know, I'm paying spending, to win. you know, I'm like, or like kind of like the in the mobile game market, right? It's like, oh, like this building's gonna upgrade in three days, but if you paid five hundred gems, yeah, it'll upgrade yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, your your heart's refilling. It reminds me, and I think I've told the story on Dan's game room before, but um, I, Ty and I had a very dark period where we had a unspoken competition on farmville on <laughs> facebook you know like oh, i used to actually play a lot of the farmville on facebook it was well, fun back when it was the, yeah except and, for i was like a bad boy i like found this weird glitch oh and i just like duplicated like some really expensive seed to like twenty thousand. Whoa! i probably got like a screenshot of it laying around somewhere but that was like back when like playing games on facebook was like worth the, your time the thing the thing yeah and play with your mafia level you know yeah, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> where's mafia at but the the best thing about that was like we Every day we were pretty much we'd check it, of course, and well, that's what they want you to keep coming back, and you you extend your 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 time as far as you can, then you're done. Um, but one day I get on, and he's way far ahead of me. Like he's just his farms like tripling my output. I'm like, what the fuck? So I look, and he has the black barn, which I know costs ten dollars. Oh, <laughs> and, and so I the unspoken rules been yeah, broken. Like, oh, you, you son paid. of a bitch. And so I called him uh, from my parents' landline to his, and I said, I was like, you bought the black barn, and he's like, uh, 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 I'm like, I'm done. I never played Farmville again. You know what I mean? So that was the first instance of pay to play and pay to pay to win really uh souring me on games and now i look back and want to thank him because he got us off farmville but uh i i don't know i that's the thing about pc gaming though and i guess with playing old consoles too but you can really make of it whatever you want and pc even more so arguably because with services like steam or gog or origin and you can like you can just play games from any era so if you don't want to handle the messy dlc or the you know the loot box or whatever you can play any era of pc gaming right i guess to kind of segue into our last bit here what would you 
if someone is, you know, they just got a PC, a modern PC, or, you know, something, even an older one, what are a few games that you think are essential to computer gaming? That's I know like, that's a terrible, uh, terrible open open-ended question. question. <laughs> I guess I would say, the first thing I would ask is like, what do you want to get out of your PC gaming experience? You know, what genres do you like? Um, are you looking for like more of a single player experience or a multiplayer experience? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, but. I don't know. I don't even know how to begin to I guess, answer that question. Because like, because that's the thing that was like, well, if you want to play like an RTS, it's like, well, you could play League of Legends or you could play Dota or not RTS, a MOBA. You could mm-hmm. play like League of Legends, Dota Two. If you want to play an RTS, it's like, well, you could play Warcraft or Forge when it comes out, or you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's just kind of like your format of what you want to experience. I guess let me rephrase that because there's always going to be a limit when it comes down to single player stuff because like there always will be like a hardware limit to a certain extent depending on yeah. what you want to do and what era I guess let me say this then what are a few of your favorite games that you think somebody should check oh, out God. nothing what? that I play <laughs> yeah, none of the scum that we've talked not, about not, here none, of, none of it's like I mean I, I've played League of Legends for a long time but it's not a game that I would suggest wish on somebody wish upon someone because it's just it's just a game that you got to know a lot to play it's just there's Mm. a lot of information a lot of champions same with world of warcraft it's like yeah like it's a fun casual experience but i'd probably play retail if you're new instead of a classic because it's a painful experience yeah you're playing it for the thrill yeah i'm I'm yeah i'm playing to relive the legend as you know they say whatever but i mean i don't know like I guess, you know, Minecraft's really popular still after That's all these so years. That's so legit. I love Minecraft. I mean, if you just want, like, a, if you're new to PC gaming and you just want to experience something that, like, that can both be single player and multiplayer, just, like, Minecraft is, like, a great starting point. Sandbox game. Yeah, Gary's Mod. Yeah, Gary's, yeah. On stuff Steam, like that. Gary's I guess, Mod. I guess Minecraft is a little bit on the newer side, but it's not, I guess it is almost, like, 10 years old by this point. But. Yeah, I, I, a buddy and I both played the... He played the alpha. I got in on beta. Yeah, and, I was and, playing like late alpha, early into beta. Yeah, um, and, a friend of mine got me into it, and he's like, "Yeah, like the it supports servers now." And I got a server, and I'm like, "Oh, let's play." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Minecraft, I guess. God, I'm so glad you brought up Minecraft. That that's a game that I think is truly timeless. Like it's if you like those types of open ended games, like sandbox or just kind of going on an adventure you can really make it whatever you want and like my personal favorite is just you you just go down in the dungeon you know what i mean yeah, you, you, just, got, you just dig straight down yep well, not you, straight down obviously if you're a minecraft noob you, just, don't you, you dig right down man yeah. or you, you get you climb up onto something you just jump off yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you won't hurt you um but just i love going down into just the dungeon areas and you know mining for gold or ore or whatever yeah. and uh it's it's, but then again, I have seen people create, you know, replicas of the world in, oh, yeah, you know, like or the, a the, guy built a working computer yeah. or a calculator um, with switches and fuses and all this stuff. And uh, one of my other buddies would just build these elaborate literal mansions. And it's just, I'm like, how many hours did you spend on this? He's like, well, I'm not working right now. So <laughs> I, I think I spent like 50 hours on the West Wing. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Minecraft really is one of those games where it's like you can spend as little or as much time as you want and probably get something valuable out of it. Yeah. Even even if you you know want to play that PvP server life, I've definitely done a lot of that over the years. I've definitely I've definitely gotten banned off a couple servers for doing some <laughs> devious things uh, on Minecraft. Yeah. On Minecraft. <laughs> oh god. Kids don't like. Okay. If you ever want to really grief someone on a PvP, this is a pro tip from Dan's game room. Uh-huh. It depends on the patch that you might be playing on the server, but one of the best things you can do is just like just go into the alchemy, get the invisible potions get a bunch of like strength potions and you just take all your armor off and you don't have anything equipped in your hands. And then you essentially just find someone who's in an area where you can PVP and you just switch to like a superly heavily enchanted diamond sword and you just like swing it and then you unequip it. And you're invisible. And you're invisible. Oh and they just turn God. around like, I just took like six hearts worth of damage and then the sword just like kind of like appears out of nowhere again swings and then just disappears and they're just like guys this guy is definitely hacking (laughs) where is he hiding that sword (laughs) that's awesome see and i haven't even i i don't don't know i haven't played minecraft in so many years now i might have to download that i'll see yeah they i mean i think the thing that i like about minecraft is that it's been an evolution they've always added new things to the game and i think a lot of the inspiration for the patches have been from mods yeah. So, like, you know, items that were originally in some weird, obscure mod pack are now just a part of normal Minecraft. I feel like that happens almost uniquely on PC games. Like, a Diablo 1's even a good example. There was an unofficial expansion, um, Hellfire, 
that is now if you buy it on GOG, it's included. Right. And like just because it improved upon the game so much, and they incorporated that into Diablo two. So th- that makes a lot of sense because it, it's it's like when you go onto a Minecraft server, it's you really don't know what the hell you're getting into, <laughs> or you know, it's like you. Don't I mean, know. unless it's like a closed server with friends, like yeah, oh, it's just but, sandbox. Let's all have fun. Yeah, you know? but I mean, I've even um, there's been um, Pokemon mods that where it's like every character you can play as a Pokemon, and like you're throwing Pokeballs, and like <laughs> it's it's wild, and yeah. it's all you know in a Minecraft game, and and now of course. With certain games like that, like this wide appeal of even games like Fortnite or Minecraft, you can play them anywhere. You can play them on your phone. Yeah, you can play, you can play them play on them yeah on every console ever made. You can probably play them on an Atari for God's sake. Um, there's everywhere. So I don't know. I guess my my bias couple games that I think everyone should play on a PC, give them a try. Um, Diablo two. I mean, you're probably gonna log on and be like, "This game sucks," but I <laughs> I love Diablo two. I mean, it's just the a dark kind of point and click hack and slash game from around 2000. Um, if you've played Diablo three, um, you'll be familiar with it. A lot of the there's certain characters like Deckard Kane is in Diablo two, um, but you'll notice quickly that Diablo two is its own game and it's very different from D three. Um, and there seems to be, you like one or the other more. And for me, Diablo three is almost more like just a, a good clone of D two. So that's, that's one I, I highly recommend. Um, I guess I'd also say Minecraft that's is just fantastic. I I, want to butt in. I think the horror genre has come a long ways on PC Ooh, just because yeah. of graphics and stuff like that. We have like um, the Resident Evil remakes, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, like I don't want to play crappy Polygon Resident Evil 2. I want to oh, play, you yeah, know, the remake. 4K gaming, you know, Resident yeah. Evil 2, you know. Or even Resident Evil 7. I right, mean, yeah. They, even, though, even some of the more recent titles that aren't remakes, mm-hmm. you know, are very good. And I think if you're into horror games, I think uh, PC is probably a good place to be just because of the graphics quality and stuff like that. I, I think horror games are so good just because they are photo real. Even if you think about like Silent Hills PT, I mean, it was run, yeah. it was ran on the Fox engine by Hideo Kojima's Fox engine, which is the same engine they used for Metal Gear Solid four. And that was on the PS four. I mean, that yeah, was, and that was on, on a PS, it wasn't even on a computer. And but it, I mean, when you're walking down those hallways, like, yep, that's a, that's a doorknob. You know, that, <laughs> that, that definitely looks like a very real curtain. You know, it's just like, it really yeah. brings you into the game. It's not just like some weird monster that like is poorly rendered and stuff like that. Right. Uh, like just something that's moving slowly. That's going to kill you. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, it's just, is... I think that's for like, you know, horror games, I think might have a future on PC more than console, but it's kind of hard to tell just from the graphics quality. But then again, I will say that like, you know, I'm not a huge Xbox gamer anymore, but I will say like Xbox series X and even PS five from what I can tell it's going to be a big leap forward, yeah. I think. I mean, still, again, not touching. Right. I mean, I, I feel like that's the issue with consoles is that, like, they always have to make these huge leaps with hardware. But the thing is that PCs will always just be a step ahead because it's like, oh, like the new graphics card came out yesterday. It's, I ordered it. Amazon, next day shipping, it's here. I installed it. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're, with PC, you're limited by your budget. Yeah, you're limited, really by, what you're limited by budget and kind of like what the game is capable of rather mm-hmm. than like the hardware. Yeah, and like whether or not you can go, you just max res and see what it, you go like from there. Right. One thing I will say, though, with consoles, and that's why I'm still such a big console gamer and why I think they're so relevant today is the exclusives. I mean, right. like when I bought a Nintendo Switch, I know that 1080p is pushing it sometimes for some <laughs> of those games. Like it might do like a below full HD resolution, but honestly... There's a certain magic with Mario or, you know, Donkey Kong or Zelda that you can't get anywhere else. Right. But that being said, there are long running PC games that, you know, only really exist in that kind of free market open space. I think there's also a market of like games that kind of inevitably will go to PC. Yeah. Just because like, I mean, even something like Death Stranding that just came out ps4 exclusive that's for like the first be a, year but yeah. you know it's like one of those things where it's like oh like it's exclusive but like you know it's coming to pc yeah or even like one of my other favorite series of all time dragon quest yeah um dragon quest 11 if it's not out already is also out on pc and it you can scale the graphics up and it looks <laughs> way better that's a game damn it if you don't have a console like a switch version um dragon quest 11 definitive s that's probably the best way to play it but if you have a pc and nothing else get dragon quest 11 that's 
oh man, one of the best traditional RPGs I've played in years. But it's very grindy, um, and it is what it is. But I love that series. But, yeah. Well, I guess with that... um, Thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, no, man, it was a blast. We talked about a lot of different things and didn't really focus on one topic in particular. I, there's just so many different games on PC and, like, franchises that you could just spend hours just talking about one game or franchise. But Yeah, well, and that's why I guess we'll say that this is part one. Part of one PC. of the PC I mean, adventure. Yeah, because it's not like... Um, like with uh, Pokemon, where I could have a series overview and it was a two and a half hour episode and like, that's it pretty yeah. much until the new game comes out. With PC, we really just spent like an, a little over an hour just skimming the surface. Yeah, and I'm kind sh- of just kind of talk, I'm talking about history. Yeah. Whether you're like we were deep diving into like certain topics or anything, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like this is where we were and now this is where we are now. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, but yet, um, one thing's for sure. We'll always have a copy of crisis ready. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, so part one of PC gaming, keep an eye out on this space, but as always, thank you guys for listening to Dan's game room. Um, I am working on getting us on Spotify, so you'll be able to stream there, but other than otherwise, um, Instagram, Twitter, um, Podbean and Apple Music and pretty much everywhere else, even Stitcher that streams podcasts at Dan's Game Room. So until then, we'll see you guys next time.